podcast i'm tim i'm flying a little solo today except i do have a guest i have dan dane hasbrook he's gonna um talk a little bit about what he does with snowmobiling kind of shifting gears here a little bit um from the the normal fishing and and the hunting things so go ahead dane why don't you introduce yourself all right good evening tim yeah my name is dane hasbrook again like you mentioned i'm uh live here in monticello minnesota and okay. uh moved here when i was 10 years old uh from ohio wow we were up by just out of monticello a little bit and uh, graduated from melrose minnesota so central minnesota and that's where i got introduced to my family and married a gal from there so she's from the central minnesota also and sure that's uh now we live now we live live here and i guess uh spent some time in the navy and uh okay submarines and then now i'm just a i'm a local guy lives in minnesota <laughs> right yeah. um so you moved when you're about 10 years old uh did you guys have family here was a, a certain reason for moving why what brought your family to minnesota do you, you remember since you're a little younger you bet um my mom and dad are from pequot lakes minnesota and then uh, they moved to ohio when they when they got married they lived down there for 25 years and then my sisters and i were were from were born down there and then we moved back to Minnesota. My mom and dad moved back to Minnesota. And I was the uh, only one left at home and they, cause they wanted to get closer to home. And that's when we moved to up by uh, New Munich, uh, okay. just west of St. Cloud. And we, at that point, uh, that, that became home. And I, we lived there for the next till, till I left in 1982. So from 75 to 82, I, I lived there, lived there. So. Right. All right. Cool. Um, so we do have a tradition with the Border Outdoors podcast. Um, this is your first podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So, Dane, do you have a first, like a story you want to talk to, tell me about? Um, could be anything, um, hunting, fishing, snowmobiling, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. All right. Uh, first for me, I would, uh, I'd say an interesting first we could talk about since it is snowmobiling. We'll, we'll talk about some sledding, a sledding experience I had. Uh, I'd been planning it for many years. I'd, I wanted to do a, what I call it uh, the border run, border to border, and I planned it. And it for five years I had it planned. And everybody knows we went through a little dry spell here about uh, the last decade, right? We had a, a not much snow for a while, and then three years ago we suddenly got enough snow. And the state was covered with snow, and down south had, had a blizzard. And uh, my wife said, "This is the time. If you want to do it, we should do it." So the the blizzard was still going on, and then so I I had a trip planned to go up the up uh, by Lake of the Woods up, up north to Ash River. And uh, so, but I wanted to head south, and I to meet my friends up north. <laughs> well. My wife <laughs> take meant, a long way. Yeah, take, take a long, long road. way. So my wife, my wife trailered me south. Then uh, we waited. I wanted to leave on Sunday, but I ended up leaving on a Monday. So it was only one day delay. Okay. And uh, she she trailered me south to um, to Gaylord. And uh, what happened was the uh, the freeway or I I or not I but uh, State Highway 50, fifteen was still closed. And uh, 
it closed at Gaylord. So they hadn't, the, the south was still in the, it wasn't blizzard yet. They just hadn't cleaned up yet from the from that snowstorm. Oh, so it was already over kind of? Yep, the snowstorm was over, yeah. That's okay. why I had to delay it. I had friends and stuff, and I, it's a smart thing. Don't travel in a snowstorm, especially down southern Minnesota. No. And uh, so the, uh, and it was during the week, so I couldn't really recruit anybody to just take short notice time off of work to, to come along. So um, I took, I went down, and she, she dropped me off of Gaylord, and then she came home, and then I headed south from Gaylord and uh, went down through Fairmont. On, on snowmobile, um, just followed the trail and uh, went to Iowa. It worked out perfect. The snowmobile trail crosses Highway 15, like at the border in, in Iowa. So I got my picture, took my picture standing there by the Iowa State border, and then I turned around and came back up to um, back up to Fairmont, spent the night at the hotel in Fairmont. So from, from uh, Gaylor down to Iowa, that's a pretty good ride too, right? Yeah, that was 179 miles Okay, on the first day. Did that so in a day. Just to, just to get... Yeah, just to get the day started. I hadn't right. even started yet, but yeah, yep. So yeah, that was that was good. That was a good ride, and okay. that was uh, that was brutal because those poor people they were covered in snow. It was just the trails hadn't been groomed, but they marked very well. Those people down there did a great job. Okay, and uh, it was it was interesting. Two of the things I I remember going down was the um, you're traveling along and it's big wide open fields. I guess there's multiple things I remember, but they they've ditched that area down there. Southern Minnesota is is with drainage ditches, not okay. like ditches around here. These things are huge. Like you can drive a truck, a car into them, and you will lose them. Right, tape type thing. So you don't venture off the trail anywhere. Yeah, because those ditches are like straight down too, yeah, aren't they're, they? They're straight down and okay. half drifted over with a hole here and there. And so it was, and they they marked them very very well. I didn't didn't miss anything out there. It was. It was, it was very well, and I, I didn't get lost or anything. So, and uh, uh, so the the big ditches is something to remember. Then uh, the fields, like large, large hundreds hundreds of acres of fields, they were uh, they were blown clear because the wind had just blown so hard, yep. and uh, the fields were black. But right where the trail was was like eight inches of hard packed snow because they'd been out grooming. It was just oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah, I just. This is great, and, and it was flat. It was just like, and uh, but any, any time you got along a road or a tree line, or any obstacle larger than, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, like a straw. I mean, something very, very small. Yeah, it would leave a drift. Like oh a drift yeah, that was like hitting a cement block. Every every drift, there were no soft drifts, and uh, so that that was something that I dealt with. You know, it was uh, that was. Um, yeah, that was something that had had to be reckoned with, and to take take your time and just and and go real slow. Was the uh, was the air kind of clear, or did you have a lot of snow kind of still like blowing around things like that? Um, nope, the air was clear. It okay. wasn't windy when I went out. Okay. It, it already subsided. And then, uh, how about like cloud? Did were you in a lot of clouds? Like I know when I ride, like you get that white clouds in the sky that. Yep. It's the same color as the snow, <clears throat> so yeah. now you can't pick out any of those uh, yep. the drifts and things like that. that exactly, that happened. It okay. was it was uh, that was it wasn't so bad on the way down. It was on the first day when when I uh, on Monday. So, but uh, so because I could see I could see the drifts and I could see the things that that were coming and the uh, and so that wasn't too bad. But the next day, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that after we get get rolling. But sure, the. Uh, the other thing on the way down, I noticed like the, the, uh, there'd be cottonwood stands, big, big cottonwood trees, like in, in a woods and it would only be like, you know, a five acre field or five acre woods in the middle of these fields. But the trees were just plastered on like the West side, like 
30 feet up. It looked like somebody was out there with a snowblower and had like just coated the side of the trees from that wind, just pounding, pounding, pounding into those trees. And it was kind of interesting to see that you're just coming along and it, it was, no, it was noticeable. So yeah. Yeah. And the, the one woods I went into, the drifts were, I don't know, eight, eight to 10 feet high. They were. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. I And I stopped and I was like, I don't know what to do here. You know, and I got out and I walked out on them. They were just rock hard. So then I just drove, I just drove around them and then up the side and then, you know, kind of hit at, at a good angle, but it did it re- real slow. It was a, it was a very, and it wasn't much like that. It was just in, in the wooded areas. And, well, uh, you're by yourself, right? So correct. you screw yeah. up out there. Right. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to mess this up. Right. Right. I was on um, a little, I don't know if it's a, am I allowed to say like a app, you know, like a sure. brand names. Okay. Yep. Good. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was on the Polaris app and okay. I would just, I, I would only recommend it to people. It's free. That's all I know about it, but okay. it has every trail map in the United States and Canada oh, wow. for snowmobiling and ATVs. This is a, it's a good, good app and uh, it, it's updated. One of our club members in Monticello is on, is an administrator for it so he can update it to our local map. But I was on that and with that, you can track your ride and then oh, you sure. can transmit your ride to other people and other people can track your ride. So I had four people watching me. All the time. Oh, so they were seeing us right. live then. Yeah, they were oh, seeing nice. me travel. Sure. And when I'd pull over someplace to get, you know, get bite to eat, my phone would ring and it'd be like, one of the guys, hey, I see you stopped for, for dinner or whatever, you know, and so they, they were, so if I stopped somewhere a long time, at least they'd be able to find me. You know, yeah. It wouldn't be, you know, it, I might still be hurt or and I, it, I didn't want to get, get hurt. That wasn't the goal, but yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, just take, take my time and yeah. Sure. So. So yeah, got to Iowa, come back up to Fairmont, spend the night down down there. So Tuesday, head head for home. So on Tuesday, then I drove from Fairmont to Monticello and spent the night at home home here. And uh, that's the day when the clouds were out and uh, you couldn't see. And uh, I couldn't. I I did fly off the sled twice. Like you did. flew off the sled, jettisoned. Like. I don't even know where that came from. You know, it just happened so yeah, fast. Yeah, it happened. Right? I was off the sled. And I'm, <laughs> you jump up and look around like, oh, man, I hope nobody saw me. <laughs> but yep. you're alone. It's like, but, but you don't want to get hurt either. And, and I, I didn't get, get hurt. I, the whole ride, I, I wasn't didn't get hurt. But, Good. And it, I mean, jettisoned off, and we're talking maybe 10 miles an hour. It wasn't like a 70 mile an hour right. thing. Because I, I couldn't do that. It was just, it was, it was horrendous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, those were, but that that's what I remember the, uh, the drifts would come up and they would, uh, I was, apparently I was driving towards the drift. So I wasn't like the wind blew from my back is the way it would go. So I wasn't hitting the, 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 the sharp peak of the drift. I was driving off the top of the drift and falling down. So like you side. just drop down a little yep. bit. Yeah. yeah. Drop down and I couldn't see it coming. Okay. And, and uh, it, I don't know how to describe it for on radio, but it would be like, uh, the sled is underneath me. And then the sled would just disappear and my head would whip back, you know, cause I'd be hanging on my, 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 the, the, uh, the handlebars would just fly down and then I would go, go down and my head would whip back like a, like a guy on a horse. I was like just going to say like a like bucking Bronco there. Yeah, like a Bronco. Yeah. And, uh, that's what hurt the next day the most was my neck Ooh. from the, from the whiplash of not of hitting something, but of the absence of something in front of me. And I couldn't see him coming. I, and I don't know if they were two footers or four footers. I, I mean, I didn't go back and look, but it was, it was probably in that two to three foot drop, and, but it was instant. You, you know, talk was, about like the whiplash. People don't realize how heavy a helmet actually is. Right. Yeah, it happened more than on once. It. Yeah. I was like, I was like, 
the first one was total surprise, and the other ones were sort of surprised, but at least I it wasn't the first time. Yeah, you, know, you kind of knew it was coming. You just don't yeah. know when, how, yeah. how yeah. big of a hole it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, so that was that that was interesting, but that was because of that that light, and it wasn't there were no shadows. So if you can't see the shadow, you can't tell the the depth of, or change in front of you. So, um, then they got got home to Monticello, and uh, I'm doing this on my uh, 2002. Um, so it's uh, 600. Okay. I got a player 600, 2002. So, and uh, so at that time, that was three years ago. So it was only maybe 18 years old. It's got about, at that point, probably had about 10,000 or 11,000 miles on it type, wow. type of thing. So, Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My newest sled's a 99. I got yeah. 2,500 miles oh, on that one. I don't yeah. ride as much as you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I got that one home to, to uh, Monticello and then, uh, um, spend the night there and it, it rode really rough come, coming in. It'd be like, I didn't have any suspension left. So I got home and got to the shop and sure enough, the back shock was just, the shocks were shot. The, they were, they would, they had been maxed out too many times on okay. that, on those hard drifts. So I got on my other sled, which is another 2002, 600. And it's, that only had about 10,000 on it. It's about a thousand or 2000 less than, than the sled. So I got on that one and the next day then Wednesday and uh, took off and uh, headed north. And from, from Monticello North, the trails were groomed. Fantastic. Oh, it was, nice. a, it was, this is a Wednesday, right? It, they've been out there. They were just perfect down South. I can understand those poor people. They were still trying to, trying to help each other just um, with the necessities of life and the, the essentials. So, uh, so it was all groomed trail, perfectly smooth. And uh, spent the night by uh, Cloquet, just just north of Clo- Cloquet. So I kind of went up toward toward Duluth, and uh, uh, did blow a belt on on that one. And then I pulled over and called called home. I had a spare belt, right? But then I didn't have a spare belt because I put it on. So and uh, oh, so I sure. called called home and told told my wife, my wife hey, when the guys are coming up, I was going to meet the guys on Thursday up in uh, by Ash Ash River. Oh, sure. And uh, we had a group come on for a group ride uh um uh Monticello trailblazers is the name of our club i probably haven't even mentioned that yet but but the uh the uh, we get together with another club called the snow barons snowmobile club oh yeah and they're they're heavily involved with uh promoting snowmobiling and uh so we we're up going up to a trip with them on the weekend and just meeting my my club on thursday so i had them bring up you know extra set or extra belt and I think I had him bring up a set of wear rods too, but I didn't need them. There's plenty of snow. So, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I spent the night at Cloquet and then and in the morning. That, that was an uneventful day. Just be- beautiful ride. Um, flat trails and flat and fast, I guess would be the best way to explain that. And and the uh, You can make some pretty good time on those yep. trails and yeah. it's comfortable and right. you wake up the next day, you're not as sore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I was helps. planning on spending the night like in Moose Lake. Moose okay. Lake or a little bit south of there. And uh when I got to Moose Lake, it was four o'clock and I'm like, okay, still got some time I still left. got time. You know, I can easily get another three hours in. Uh, I don't want to ride in the dark, you know, like, like at 10 o'clock yeah. because the temperatures drop and then your safety, safety becomes more of a, of an issue because yep. something goes the, wrong. Yeah. Yep. With that yeah. solo ride, it's, right. it's, it's tough. Ride, so, yeah. But I figured I could just go a little bit extra. So that, that, that was nice to get a little, a little further on, on that day. Thursday rolled around and then we headed for, uh, then I took off for Ash, Ash River then, and uh, the guys were coming up, and uh, we met 
he got to Ash River probably about two o'clock, and uh, then he uh, the guy said, "Well, let's let's go to International Falls yet yet today." So I was like, "Okay." So so I started like down by Cloquet, drove up to Ash River, trade you know get get those guys all unloaded, and then we we head out, and I made it about. Um, two miles out of Ash River. I'm on my other, the old 600, 2002. And uh, something was not, not right. I'm, I'm driving and it's, uh, it was idling real high. And if I was doing like, like 20 miles an hour, it was fine. But when I got up to 40 miles an hour, I could feel the engine wasn't run, running right. Oh, okay. So I was like, eh, I talked to one of the guys there. We have helmet communicators. So I said, Hey, uh, I got something, something going on. I don't oh, know by now you're so, riding with the, yep. the other group. Yes. Okay. Yep. When okay. they picked those guys up at about two o'clock. Yep. There, there were four guys in, in that, that group. And okay. uh, so I pulled over and we looked at it and what we determined was the, uh, one of the carburetor boots had cracked. So I was sucking a little bit of air in yep. and, uh, it was running lean, but I, I didn't push it. So it didn't burn anything up or cause okay. any, any engine damage, which was nice. Yeah. And then, uh. But we just limped it back then. We just turned around, drove back nice and slow, and it didn't have a lot of a lot of issue. Okay. But when we sled, we always bring an extra sled. So my friend, he brings his wife's sled along, and uh, so I I ride that whenever I need need to. And <laughs> it's a nice sled. That's a 2016. So that was Holy that was that was a nice ride. Yeah, yeah. that's a big upgrade. Yeah, it was a great upgrade. So it's not Arctic by any chance. Is no, it? no, <laughs> it is orange though. It's a it's a Polaris orange one. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another six six hundred. So my size. That's a decent size for for me. And oh yeah. Then, uh, oh yep. So we get on that sled and uh, we head up for International Falls and we got up there while the sun was still shining and then took a picture by the International Falls water tower and. Then we turned on and drove back. So Very that cool. ended up being 289 mile day because really it was, I didn't plan on going all the way from Cloquet, Ash River, International Falls, and then back to Ash River. So it was, that ended up being a long day. It was great. So yeah. That yeah. last day the trails were still as good as they were on that Wednesday then? Yes, they, they were, which was I un, unbelievable. Yeah. 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 It, even the weekend hadn't happened yet either. So that's, was, I was yeah. going to say that, that really takes yeah. a toll on the trails. Yeah. I do. I do enjoy riding during the week when, when possible. So, sure. yeah. And, uh, so that we got back and I think it, it was three day ride and I think it was maybe 800 miles, uh, total on the, on the three odometers if I added them up type of, type right. of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even go off on one trip. Meter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I planned on it. I took a picture of the odometer at the border in, in, at Iowa on the first sled and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll take a picture of the odometer here, odometer up there, you know, have it, have that captured. And, but yeah, it well, never, never moved. How about that? We have our first border outdoors first talking about riding border to border. Yes. We're all about the border on this ride. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Borders. That'd be fun. So, yeah. Sounds yeah. like a good time. Yeah. So I guess moving on now, I, I'm my first question, how did you get into snowmobiling? Cause Dane, I've, I've known you, I don't know, a few years. We're not, not like we know each other very well. We've been on the mm-hmm. same club together. But how did you get into snowmobiling? Is this something that was done back, you know, did you were you born into it or just kind of worked your way into it yourself? Well, for snowmobiling, we moved, like I said, to Minnesota, kind of go back to the beginning, when I was 10. And that would have been 1975, January of 75. And uh, my uh, my dad moved up and he worked at a Massey Ferguson dealership in Freeport. And uh, they sold Massey Ferguson snowmobiles because they used to have a used to have them so we had a ski whiz we, we bought a ski whiz 344 ski whiz oh yeah it's like a tractor tractor with tracks on it you know? yeah that's the way that, that they made them back then so a little 340 and uh 
so that was our first first year here and we had that that little that little uh ski whiz and drove drove that around and then um then they my dad was he helped or was around when they started a club in in new munich the new munich snow gliders and uh um many many towns uh around the state have have little snowmobile clubs um they're all volunteers just helping the sport stay sure. stay going so that's when that's when we started snowmobiling just, just a little bit i was say i was 10 so i didn't have i didn't snowmobile there's snowmobile around with my dad and around on the land and things like that uh it's a pretty good age to get started, really. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't have started. I couldn't. I couldn't start the snowmobile yet. I was. I wasn't quite big enough to start the snowmobile. So okay. It was. But then once I could, I. I think by, by by next year, I think eleven or twelve, then I could. I could pull it over. It yeah. had electric start, but it didn't work. Like oh, it did. Just, I, was, yeah. I actually, I was just going to say, no yeah. electric start on the old yeah. Massey. Yeah. Right. It, it, but it, it did have yeah, it on. Huh? It, it had it, but it didn't. It didn't work very well. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, then, uh, the first snowmobile I've ever seen with an electric start was a 71 Cheetah 399. Ah, okay. I'm Articat guy, so that's sure. why that's what we had. But yeah. yeah, I thought that thing was so cool because that was the one you didn't have to crank over. You know, you just right. turn the key and away you go. Yeah. Huh. Yes. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. The uh, So then that's when we started snowmobiling and, and enjoyed it. Then um, we didn't have, yeah, we, we just enjoyed it. And then it went off to the Navy for six years. And then we, we, when we moved back. My wife's family is very heavily involved in snowmobiling. My mom and dad weren't too involved, but my okay. wife's family was very involved. So we joined their their club when we came back, and we were dairy farming for a little while. And yeah, uh, yeah, that was that's how we kind of. I've been in a club ever since. So that was 1988, and I've been in a snowmobile club ever since. Cool. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not in this, not in the my current club, right? But it was just wherever we we lived. There okay. Was, there was clubs. So. So you're pretty you you'd like to stay actively involved in it too, other than just being a guy out there riding snowmobile and right and yep. you know reaping the benefits all on your own when instead of, you're you're doing your part full circle yeah trying to because awesome. it's I I guess I learned that with her mom and dad you know when we first started in it's like you learned what the club did you know you didn't yep. just learn about snowmobiling you learned who puts in the trails who's maintaining these trails who's doing all all the work. And yep. it was just natural, you know, just like you do chores and then you'd go out and work on snowmobile trail. And when you weren't right doing that, you'd be riding on snowmobile trail or, you know, or making hay or doing whatever it takes, milking. And, and Yep. And it, it kind of sounds like, like my family too. And when, when I was growing, or this is before I was, I was even born, I believe, is uh, my family, they would get done milking cows. They'd finish up chores. They would grab sleds and they'd meet up with somebody out in the middle of a lake and then they'd head up, you know, we're, we're in Monticello, so they'd, they'd head up to the Hoot and Holler yep. in Silver Creek. <laughs> yep. So they'd go up there and they'd have a couple of beers and then they'd come back home and yep. put the sleds away and they're going to be milking cows the next morning. So, yep. But yeah, it, it's funny that kind of seems like the dairy farming and the snowmobiling kind of goes hand in hand in a way. You'd think at the end of a, a day of dairy farming, you're pretty much shot and <laughs> you're not riding, yeah. but but you got to find something fun to do too, especially during the winter. Right. Yeah. So with you, you're you're in the central Minnesota, Monticello area. Where do you like right now? Where do you currently ride at? Do you usually stick around here? Do you take any trips out west, uh, UP things like that? Have you done any of those trips? Um, we have, or I, I have. It's I like I like riding around here. It's nice to ride from your home yeah. when you have snow. But our 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 area doesn't really get enough snow um, to to consistently groom and ride. We just don't get enough snow to consistently do it. But when it's here, we have great trails. Our equipment. We got great operators for groomer operators, and uh, the and the trails are, are nice. We got a lot of pressure because we're right on the edge of the cities, so there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of sleds. So this is a long time ago. 
I, I remember there were, I, I, I had some addresses or something. We were going to send a flyer out to all the people in Monticello to try to generate interest in the club. And, uh, the state would send out, they won't do it anymore, but they would send out uh, the addresses to people who are registered snowmobilers uh, off the registration thing. It's probably a privacy thing, privacy thing now or something, but yeah. there were 900 registered snowmobiles, snowmobile families in Monticello area. Really? And that blew my mind. That's insane. I know. 900. And all these people have got multiple sleds. Yeah. And then they're driving on the trails. So, I mean, it's, and when you drive, we drive around our, our area. You see a lot of sleds parked in people's, you know, in garages or behind their house. Yeah. So it's a it's a great sport, and and we have a really lot of people around here that are enjoying it. So I know when you talk about riding right from your house, um, when I was working down in Brooklyn Park at Caterpillar, these guys would we were talking about snowmobile, and then they wanted to go snowmobile, and one day with you know we, we're gonna have a bunch of guys from work, we're gonna go riding, and I said, yeah, ride on out to my house, and then we're gonna head up, you know, hasty and do the loop or whatever. And, and a couple guys, they lived like in Crystal and things like that. And I feel like a moron yeah. now. But he's like, I can't ride from my house. I got a trailer to your house. I'm like, what do you mean you can't ride from your house? He goes, no, we can't do that where I live. And it's just, yeah. I've been out in this area my whole life. So for me, it was always, you take off down your driveway and you, you hit the ditch. You're going to be on a, in the ditch for maybe a mile or two and you're going to be on a trail. Right. You know, where I currently live right now, you go out of my driveway, take a right. You're on a trail and about, <laughs> I don't know, was it 75 yards away? Right. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's what I'm used to, I guess. But yeah. And that's a gift. That, that's a blessing for you. And, and your kids, you know, they, you know, we've had some new new club members in the in the Monticello Trailblazers that just joined maybe two or three years ago. And they, they just moved to the country two years ago. And that was one of the things they really liked was they could snowmobile from their garage and from their backyard. That's that a They couldn't do that bonus. when they lived in town, so... Yeah. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier because then you don't have to haul everything around. You just, right. you know, you got an afternoon free, hop on the sleds, go for a ride. Right. You know, yeah. that, that's what's that's what's great about living out in this neck of the woods, I guess. But uh, yeah, but people can trailer still. You know, they we have we try to have places for them to trailer to and um, to, to get right. started. So yeah, yeah. Okay. And that, that's that's very real. It's just you know not everybody can in can have that access. So. Yeah, like I said, to me, it's just, it seems kind of strange because it's been like this my whole life. Right. Even yeah. up uh, at my grandpa's place up in Hackensack, we used to ride right out of the back of their barn. Yes. They had a uh, old uh, uh, railroad bed right there behind them. The yep. thing's like 25 feet from the back of his barn. Yeah. And I just remember that. Yeah, we'd hop on the old sleds and he had one of those old cat cutters. Okay, yep. And he'd throw us in the back of that and away we'd go and yeah. rip around for a while. So Good time. Good time. Good good memories for for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There's something about that two stroke smoke and some fifteen degree day. It's like <laughs> yep. most people think we're nuts going out in that kind of weather. Yeah, but we are. Yeah. With the right gear and everything, it's it's still a lot of fun. So Yes. Um you you personally though, do you like riding in like big groups or do you like those solo rides like the one you did from Iowa to Canada or Oh what do you prefer? I uh I guess I I, I like riding I guess I like riding alone. I you do, and, and I I don't because I feel less responsible for the people that are with me. Okay, because I whenever I ride with somebody else, I feel a great responsibility for those other people. Okay, and, I, and that's good or bad. You know, it's I, but I just I just don't want them getting hurt or having a bad experience because I just love this sport so much. Yep, that the last thing I want to do is cause somebody to not like it. So, and when I'm by myself, I don't have to worry about it. Other than if I disrespect. You know, some private land or something like that, which I, which I advocate against. Yeah. You know, and oh, but, yeah. but I've done it, I've done it accidentally. I drove over some guys' trees. I did it twice because okay. I couldn't find a trail. 
I drove down this little ridge because I couldn't find a trail. And it, it's right here in Wright Wright County, and that's, it wasn't on my trail, but I drove down and back, and as I came back the other way, I saw the tips of little pine trees oh, no. that I drove over. And I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do yeah. to this guy. You know, of course, like, yeah. honest mistake. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, I, was just, I knew I wasn't supposed to be where I was, and I was wanting to get out of there and just get back, so I just... I was going straight back to my trail. I didn't. I didn't keep going, but yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. But that that can happen. I, I don't even know what led me down that path, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's easy for that to happen, yeah. though. But yeah. uh, no, it kind of surprised me because I know you, you do a lot of like group rides with the club and things like that. But right. do you think you like the solo riding better because are you usually the leader when you do get into a group? Um. Well, I don't mind le- leading in the group. You know, if uh, a lot of times I I will be the lead. Right. Uh, it just, it depends on who who we're with. You know, yeah. there's um, some people in our in our club like to lead more. So and they're they're really good at it. You know, so I like to lead. Let let them lead, and then I like to actually hang out and back then, because it's uh, the to keeping. Um, I like to travel. The, the, I think when when I, when I do lead and when I do drive, I want the, my group to go at the pace that the slowest driver is at because mm-hmm. that's who I want to protect and I want to make sure that they, that they're fine. So what I, I like riding in the back then because then I can, because a lot of times the inexperienced riders, they come to a situation that they need a little bit, a little bit of help with and I can be right there to help d- dig them out if they get stuck or, and then I, I try not to get stuck because I can do that too. But yeah. It's, right. You know, but if you get stuck and you're in the back of the pack, it's not such a big deal. It's just that you're going to have a little extra work. Right. Um, yep. Eventually, they're going to catch on to the fact that you're not back there anymore and right. probably come back and get you. But right. you can handle yourself. So we try to. Right. Yeah. But it, and anything can happen. Everything is a fixed object. And we, we always talk about that in training and safety sure. training, things like that. Just, but yep, you just, uh, it's a fun sport. It's inherently, it can be inherently dangerous just because of the obstacles that, that we're dealing with. But yeah. But with that, with that group ride, it's, uh, it's, we try to keep, keep our groups to, together and the, the helmet communicators. I just got them a few years ago. Very big plus. That's got to um, be really nice. I've never ridden with those before. Yeah. Our, our leader is the one that, that had them, the, the one that I, the guy that usually leads. And then he, he bought me or had my wife buy, buy me a set so we can talk to each other. And that's, what's nice. It's, that has to be really handy. Yeah. Cause then when somebody does have a problem, you know, somebody has a, runs into a, a situation, you know, something breaks on their snowmobile. You can say, Hey, Hey, we got a, We got an issue, and okay, I'll I'll circle the group back, and we'll we'll be right there. And so nice, yeah, yeah. Because I know so, when I, whenever I lead, I'm always looking back, and I know, oh, I don't yes. have any mirrors on my sleds. Oh, um, right. only reason I never put them on is my cover would never fit right. Right, <laughs> kind of a silly excuse, but right. I always thought about getting a little mirror that you can have strapped to the back of your glove, yeah, that, so you can put helpful. your hand up. Yeah. You know, I was always afraid of doing that and then getting you know giving somebody because you use your hand signals. I was right. afraid of giving them the wrong signal, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm always looking back because a lot of times when I ride, <clears throat> late, well, we haven't been out on a trail ride in years now, unfortunately, but when I do ride, it's usually like, say, with my immediate family. Mm, and yeah. now, obviously, I'm not going to have any of those guys lead. I'm going to be the leader, but yet I feel like I got to be at the, the guy at the back of the pack, too, to make sure everybody's okay. Right. Um, we haven't been on a family ride, like I said, in years, so it'd be a little bit different now with Wyatt being older. I'd put him on the back of the pack. Sure. He'd be fine. Yeah. Things like that, but uh, yeah, we need to get back into the the family riding. That's one thing I miss too is all the, all the riding that we used to do as as kids. Even though we were farming and things like that, we still made that time to right. go up north and we we did a lot of rides between uh, Park Rapids and Walker. 
Oh, nice. We, we got some relatives that lived right in Walker, own a snowmobile dealership right in right in town. <laughs> Convenient. Yes. Yeah, we'd <laughs> head, we'd head right up from their yeah. place, of course, and hit the trail, hit the Heartland, and then mm-hmm. anything north of there, we would go ride. And oh, that's that's where all my snowmobile memories pretty much come from. So. Fantastic, fantastic area. Yeah, that's for sure. It's awesome up there. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about riding with family, it's and riding with groups. Um, I've I still know my wife and I don't ride much to, to, together. Like, like we used to, yep. but my favorite riding partner is my wife. Sure. Is, we've ridden, we've ridden together, just, just the two of us go on a trip, you know, I'll go out in the boonies and she'll still follow me, you know, she doesn't like it and she got stuck once. So she was swearing at me, I guess I wasn't there. <laughs> like I came back for her, but it wasn't fast enough, obviously. And, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot, a lot of fun. We, we were on the trail, but it was up by uh, Namaji state park. Oh, sure. Yeah. By, uh, uh, Nickerson, whatever, up toward, up toward Duluth that, that way. And, Beautiful, yep. no bars, no nothing, just beautiful woodland riding. And sure, and uh, it was after another big snowstorm, and it was a little bit aggressive. You have to drive hard, and yeah. So, so it sounds like if you're going to ride the wife, you don't use the communicators. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we don't, I don't have. One. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one for her yet, but I would get an earful, so I'd have to turn it down. Probably. Yeah, yeah. If you got a <laughs> yeah. mute button on that sucker, you'd probably be in good yeah. shape. Hey, man. Yes. Oh man, that would be funny. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, she's a she's a good a good partner, and uh, sure, that's it's just nice. So, and we we know each other, so we're not uh, you're not trying to ride to impress or you know yeah. And it you just want to ride. With. Yes, it's all over with. If you just want to ride for the sheer enjoyment for for each other and yep. slow down, take a look at, look at the scenery, you know, take a chance to look at those trees or you might actually see a moose or, you know, or a deer or a sure. wolf. We, we've seen wolves out, out before we've seen moose. Yeah, you know, It's huh? like, yeah, it's, it's pretty rare. I haven't seen moose for probably 20 years, eight, 18 years probably, but it's been a long time, but uh, they're huge when they're on a the trail. Oh, they they yeah. trash the trail. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. There were, there were three of them, a mom and like two of them. And they just, they just, they tore the trail. They destroyed it. I was amazed. I was like, "Holy cow!" They just, yeah. They and they they just ran ran away. And I stopped, and the the group came up and saw them just a little bit. But they were just eating some browse out, out like in a, a wooded area that had sure. been freshly logged. So, yeah, but I suppose though the tracks that they leave on the ground is just insane oh. too. Oh yeah, yeah. Their hooves are are large and sure. they're they're large and so, yeah. Know. The wolf print. One time we saw a wolf print out out in the woods, and we stopped, and the wolf was sitting. Um, Patty, or one of the ladies with us, she she loves wolves too, and she saw it in in the woods. It had ran across in front, and uh, parked behind a tree, kind of maybe hundred feet away or something. And but you could just see his head sticking around the tree, huge head. I mean, he was just like, and he was just watching us. And I went up to his paw print in the trail with my glove on. I put my paw, my my hand in his paw print. It was the size of my hand. Are you serious? It's probably five <laughs> inches across. It was wow. I was like, I, I don't have big hands, but he was right. like, he was. I just got that's that's pretty amazing. That's why they can just run across the top of that snow and yep. take down their prey or whatever they, they need to do. And sure. it's like, but that was a big that was a nice a big animal. He he looked healthy too. He wasn't yeah you know he wasn't sick or anything. But yeah, huh. it was it was fun to see that. And, yeah, that'd be a neat encounter there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you talk about riding with your wife, and I know the first couple of rides I'll never forget when Jane and I started riding. Um, this is when, right when we first started kind of going out, and I wasn't going to ride to impress her either. I wanted to ride to have her enjoy it, and I remember um, riding along, and, I, and she's almost rolled it over a couple times in the trails and and stuff like that. And it's you know she she had a big challenge. She, she's never been on snowmobiles before. Okay. So as an adult coming into snowmobiling, it's it's kind of tough, and it's hard 
for somebody that has been riding their whole life pretty much um to teach and to try to get those people to to ride to you know the best of their ability but the one time i got to see jane really open it up was when we were in wisconsin riding by spooner and uh uh was it cumberland i believe too it's somewhere in between there and we got into some trails that were like highways sure and i'm riding along and all of a sudden i hear this noise coming from behind me and i look over and here she comes she she just whizzes right by me and i'm like well for one thing we're on a trail you probably should be staying single file but (laughs) i'm like open that thing up and go have fun yeah you know and that's kind of what it's all about if you got you know she felt safe doing it she's in a nice straightaway nice wide trails yeah they got great trails yeah they do they do so Yeah. yeah it was it was awesome just to see her just take off and yeah. go have a hell of a time and you know at the end of the day she's like oh my god the trails out here are so nice why can't we have this at home i'm like right we don't have the snow right that's yeah. the biggest thing is if if we had the snow so so like when with your riding what 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 would you um or how would you describe your riding style do you like ditch banging the most or are you out trail riding for the most part okay i um uh, that's there are there are different styles you're right um ditch banging is fun i mean that is a good time that's exhilarating um it's uh it's aggressive you got to work hard so you know i'm i'm almost 60 now you know i got a few years to go but i'm i don't know if i ditch bang like i used to i like to try i do i do enjoy it i like coming across an approach you know catch a little bit of you know zoom catch a little air land in the soft stuff on the other side um but time has taught me, you know, you come over that approach. Sometimes there's a post over there, you don't know or you don't there. know what's on your side. So that's the that's the treachery of, of ditch riding is the obstacles. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it, and uh, and it is very very fun. But it's unknown, and things aren't aren't marked. So and uh, so that's I guess I, I do like it. I, I don't do much of it because of that of that 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 issue. Yeah. And, uh, so trail riding is mainly what what I do. Okay. Um, I used to like. The trail riding, like up by up on the North Shore in in Minnesota. Oh, that's something I haven't um, done yet. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I want to do that. Um, North Shore, Minnesota, or you head up north of uh, going to Wisconsin. You head up into uh, the uh, the it's like it's like it's not called the Badlands, but I, I can't remember the name of it. But it's north of Iron Iron Ironwood or Iron River. Okay. It goes up into that big uh, Apostle Island uh, peninsula that goes up there. Lots of uh, Bay, Bayfield County is where that's at in sure. Wisconsin. Fire roads, you know, you get off, so you're not on groomed roads anymore. You're not on the groomed. It's you're just out driving these big roads that are fresh snow. That's yep. fun. That, yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. And uh, I, I really enjoy doing that boondocking thing where you just drive along. and But that's not something that you do if you got people that don't know how to do do that. And if they get stuck, yeah, which it's okay to get stuck. It's just that it's hard. And then people can get hurt. Yep. You, know, you pull your back or you do something that's that's doing that so that's it's a lot uh, of work right it's a lot it's a lot of work and so it's the uh the group you go with excuse me the group you go with is you gotta you gotta choose that and yeah. kind of learn learn that along the way too right you know, with a group you know we got like eight of us in the group that's it's like two people two people can go boondocking pretty easy eight people can't do it very that's easy. hard to do isn't yeah. It? yeah right yeah so uh yeah and so those are those are all di- different styles that, yep. that you can do and uh so you talk boondocking. Have you been out? How far out west have you gone? Have you done anything in the Yellowstone area, things like that? Uh, not Yellowstone, but um, south of Yellowstone. I got to go out one time. Um, a friend from here invited us out to Dubois, uh, okay. Dubois, Wyoming. So just south of the Bighorns, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was 
it was fantastic. Is that it was, fun? Oh yeah, I <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah, we, we rented we rented sleds while we were out there. Okay, actually, the guys we were with they rented them, but they had bought the sleds. So when we got there, we were rent riding rented sleds, but they were there to pick them up. They went out like five times a year. They oh wow! There. So they bought the the used snowmobiles and then they bring them back here and sell them, fix them up and sure and, and resell them. They haven't done that for a long time, but they did it then. And it was a good a good market. Yep. And uh, but that was a good time. I mean, we went out in the mountains and. Uh, I, uh, I got, I got, they took us places I would never go, never even think about going on my own. We'd, right. Oh, they, no. We'd, we'd take the trail out of the cabin. We'd go maybe two miles and then we never saw a trail for the rest of the day. Okay. We were climbing mountains. It was fantastic. There's a weather station out there up on top, like about 11,000 feet or something. Holy and uh, Marty, the, one of the guys along, he said, yeah, I look up this weather station all the time to find out what's going on. But we drove the top of that hill, that mountain, right? And, uh. It was kind of cool because you're going up the mountain and you're climbing, you're climbing, and then it kind of comes to a, a rise in the mountain and you think you're at the top and it's like you come over the hill and you're not to the top yet. That that We did that three times going up, going up because you're just looking up. You can't see the peak and then you come back down and now, now you can see it. You go back up and it was like, that was so fun. <laughs> to, like to stair do. stepping. Right. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was a long, long distance and the fellows we were with, we went out in March. So the snow had kind of set up. And yeah. it, it wasn't an avalanche prone area. So, okay. That's so that, good. cause it was concerning to me cause I don't know anything about avalanches and I don't want to. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, last other, thing you want to yeah. know. So, and, uh, but they'd gone out at Christmas time and they said at Christmas time they couldn't make it up there. The snow was too deep and too oh, soft. Too soft. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, but, but for us, we made it up there and got up there and then, uh, took all our snacks, you know, and I had, I had water. He gave me a sick pack of water, but I, I, I ride with a backpack and, he gave me a sick pack in the back. He said, when we get back, that'll be gone. He said, you need to drink that yeah. while we're out. He said, and that's altitude sickness. You will, you drink right. that water and you won't, you can avoid that. Without it, you dehydrate. Next thing you know, you're spending three days. Apparently, I, I didn't get any, so I'm thankful. That's good. I had enough yeah. water. Yeah, we, we've talked about that altitude and, and yes. drinking water and, and other hunting, podcasts yeah, and things like that. And uh, any kind of mountain climbing things like, and anything, it's, yeah, it's very important. And looking back <clears throat> all the times i've i've boondocked and, and went out out western yellowstone i think we're like eight thousand feet something like that but seven eight thousand and i don't remember ever packing water while we're oh, out there yeah and it's it sounds kind of weird because it seems like something's very important to do too so right. keep you going but uh yeah that that stuff out west is is insane it's it's yeah. a ton of fun i know yeah. what Wow. Our, our riding out there is like in, in West Yellowstone, you'll ride trails for a while, then you get off the trail and you boondock for a few hours, and then you come back to the trail and find another spot. Yeah. You know, a lot of that happens out there, and and it's it's insane. Yeah. fun. Some of the funnest times I've ever had riding was out in the backcountry somewhere. Yeah. That was that was a good time. I, I That was, yeah. I'd say that was probably some of the most fun time, too, was that, sure. just doing that. It's a different ride too. You lean different directions and you turn your skis different to control it differently. And yeah, you yeah, you're not that. you're not necessarily steering with the skis anymore. Your weight transfer and right and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. we we talked a little bit about how you like to do a little ditch banging. So my next question was actually um, perfect for this this timing is. Um, so have you ever had any like real dangerous situations or close calls while you're out riding? Oh, it does happen. You know, you do, you do run into situations that are unexpected and, uh, uh, I probably have had several probably okay. would be, you know, a good way to do it. Uh, 
my the first time I ever experienced uh, I don't know it wasn't really injury but a, a dangerous situation was right at my home I was probably maybe 13 13 or 14 year, years old and uh, riding on the ski whiz you know we'd come out of our house and we had a pasture next to our house and uh, we had a gate that we you know, it was electric fence so you peel the electric fence back and the, the cattle weren't out there all, all, all winter Okay. So it was just a pasture you drive out and come back in. Well, I was just driving back and forth. I'd done it for a couple of years, actually. And uh, and uh, it's coming in, coming in the gate, and I missed the gate. And uh, I was off by one post. So there was a barbed wire, double wire barbed wire fence. Sure. And I was I was cruising pretty good. I mean, because I'm going through the gate. I'm, I'm just heading home. Right? You shoot the gate because it's, it's what you do. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you fly in, fly out. Well, yep. I'm coming in. And I got I got off the right side, and I just saw the fence. I just saw where I was going, and I saw what was happening, and I just ducked. So, and I and I when I put my head down, it uh, the the fence came across and ripped the windshield right 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 off the sled, and it hit me in the helmet. But then it came down and it grabbed me in the chest and just ripped me off like it clotheslined me. Okay, you know, just, so you didn't, didn't come off. Yep, it ripped me ripped me right right off and. Oh. Uh, and uh, so that was, and I was just hanging there in a fence for a little while, and I got out of it. And but it had gone through through my snowball coat and cut my chest up. It did, but it didn't hit me in the neck or anything like like Thank that. Thank God, which, yeah, right. And I, yep. And that was, uh, but that was just a reaction. I didn't even, I never even thought about hitting that fence. You know, I never no. even heard, heard about it. So it was, um, yeah. yeah. How many times but, you've gone through that right. gate? Yep, that's exactly. And so it can you happen. Miss it by one pulse, yep. post. And I only missed it by like four feet. You know, oh. it was just like, yeah, it was just like, but. And I, I think the only thing that helped me the most was, like, you know, there were wooden fence posts and like the corner fence post, maybe like 15 fence posts down snapped. Because when I went through that, that, that whole fence just strung, you know, it, it pulled the fence off and pulled it. And, and I think that post snapped or else I think it would have hurt me more. It might have been like more of an abrupt stop. You it know? Gave, got, had a yeah, little give. Just to a it. little give. Yeah. Oh. So, but yeah, fences scare the shit out of me. I, yep. ooh, I, I have a hard time with those. Yep. And you should. We all should. We, yeah. We need to, yep. Yeah, and I was actually it's similar story. Well, kind of similar story. We we're we we're in your neck of the woods, out out by your neighborhood, and somebody was riding a snowmobile. And we witnessed this while we we're having like a big campfire. I think it was a New Year's Eve campfire or whatever out there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, somebody what goes whizzing across this field, and we're like, everyone goes, "Oh shit!" There's a fence there. We we knew the fence was there, yeah. but they didn't. Mm. And all of a sudden, you heard the snowmobile, you know, let off the throttle, and and that person. I think that time. It must have been a weaker fence. Something happened where it actually just snapped the fence. I don't think it was a barbed wire fence. Okay. I think it was a little bit weaker fence, thank God. But, yeah, you hear this this eerie sound of that fence going twing. And, yeah, it, it, I couldn't imagine. Right. I really couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, I did hit a barbed wire fence one other time. And uh, you know how you see like a snow drift? And you, you just want to bore s or bore bore right in the snowdrift. Yep, comes over the windshield. Oh, that's it's the funnest so thing fun ever. Fun to do, right? Oh yeah. I was heading over to my my future wife's house and uh, banging the ditches, just getting going cross country. There wasn't a trail from my house to her house. It was like three three miles. So I'd ridden the road many, many times, and uh, so I was I was just banging the ditch, and then there was drifted to kind of come from the north, and there's a tree line there. So I like fly into that thing, and there's a barbed wire fence in it, right? And I, so I went into the the drift, and the snowmobile kept going, and I just stayed in the drift. It just ripped me right right oh, off the drift. Jesus. I, I was standing up because it was a you know it's like a drift situation. You kind of do do that just to 
it's a hill and you're expecting something you don't sit down because the jar might 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 hurt or whatever so it kind of caught me more in the chest and stomach area than than up by my head again so mm-hmm. but yeah it was like total that was a total surprise didn't even see it coming you know and just like you know i should have known that fence was there because they didn't just put it there it was there for the last 15 years probably <laughs> so, right yeah yeah so that was those are some times of uh that that that's uh probably the most the most dangerous thing yeah. you know you well, get pulled off a snowmobile anything that can pull you off a snowmobile and uh the other one that pulled me off a snowmobile was in wisconsin and we were riding and uh, i was second and came around a corner and kind of canned it and uh I was riding my 550 Super Sport fan cooled. I call it the rocket, but it really ain't a rocket. It's a dog. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I come around that corner, and uh, the guy in front of me was just on on a trail, and I was on a trail, and he went past it, and there was a big red pine. Well, there's lot, lots of red pines. It's a beautiful forest. And before I could even take my hand off the throttle, I was I was still wide open on the throttle, still speeding up, maybe doing 20, 20 to 40 miles an hour in, in that range. A deer jumped right out. And I just saw it, and I all I did was close my eyes and duck my head. That's all I remember. You know, that's that's all I can remember. I didn't even let off the throttle. I mean, it would happen so fast. I didn't even think about putting the brakes on. Didn't have the time didn't, for it. It was a. Uh, it was just instant because I think she was laying down right by the trail behind that tree. He startled her, and then when she jumped up, she just jumped up, and I just t-boned her right, right, oh. right in the rib cage, and uh, and uh, it ripped me off that sled, and. Uh, I never. They talk about getting your bell bell rung, like right. when you when you get hit in the head. Yeah, nowadays they call it, it a concussion. Was, con- yeah, it's a concussion. Yeah, <laughs> it was my head rang like I was inside of a bell tower. Oh, it really? Was just like it was just just a constant ring. I was just like holding my head, and it was just like, and I flew off the sled. The sled just went straight down the trail like nothing happened, and uh, and I was laying in the trail, and I got two more guys coming behind me. I just. The only thing I could think of, I was, I crawled. I just crawled and crawled until I was just in the deep, deep snow because I did not want to get run over. No, you want right. to get off right. that I trail. I want to get off yeah. that trail so bad. Ooh. And when they, when they came around the corner, that's all they saw. They said, you were just crawling and like I was, uh, like I was wacko. They yeah. didn't even know what was going on. Wow. And uh, I crawled over and I just sat in the snow and I was holding my head. And he said, what happened? I go, a deer jumped out and ripped me off the snowmobile. <laughs> and he's like, no way. He said, no way. I said, yeah. I mean, he said, that's, he said, you're, it's, yeah. So we walked up the snowmobile. Sure enough, I mean, the handlebars were bent up on the one side. The windshield was still on, which. Oh, wow. Usually that's the first thing that goes. Blew blew my mind. And then, uh, and the, but yeah, the handlebars were bent up and the, uh, then there was fur all over the snowmobile. That's why I said, yep. And the deer, the deer wasn't there. And uh, because the deer just kind of hit the top of the snowmobile and and me, it didn't actually hit like the snowmobile, like at the skis or anything. So I think I just caved in or pushed into her rib cage and she probably just took off. Yeah. Didn't even know me. Well, they're they're tough animals. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, uh, yeah, that was a a fun, fun, uh, (laughs) a fun experience to be passed. So that kind of reminds me of a friend of mine. We're four wheeling and this was up by either Grantsburg or by the Namaji. I think it was Grantsburg. But we were riding in this low land where it was like reeds on both sides of the trail. And the buddy of mine I ride with, he, he's nuts. He's, he's just crazy. Um, but he was on, a, I think it was a Honda 400EX or, or 400X, something, whatever it was. All of a sudden he decided he's going to pull a wheelie. He stands this thing right <laughs> up on almost on the back bumper and a deer ran out in front of him. And if he wasn't doing a wheelie, he would have hit it. 
like under him under him wow he he basically if you like another split second he probably would have hit the deer with the bottom of the frame on his on his four-wheeler wow he puts the front end down slams on the brakes and he looks back at us with his, his eyes didn't even fit in his goggles right <laughs> he couldn't that. believe that yeah. that actually happened and it's like yep. wow you know that's uh, just crazy yep um so around around and we'll just talk about the minnesota area i don't i don't really i don't want some of the listeners to uh know um because some people don't know know about this but what are some of the basic rules laws or any kind of regulations that you know re- related to snowmobile in, in minnesota you know i don't expect you to read the book to us tonight no but, my you know, wife told me not to <laughs> <laughs> no i i know you probably could recite the whole thing front to back <laughs> but you know what are the few things like uh speed limits things like that what you know what's uh what's the basics i guess is what i'm asking all right yeah the the basics is like in minnesota our our speed limit is 50 miles an hour and that's that's the basic speed limit uh some lakes that are large and I don't know the acreage, 10,000 acres or more, they can have local ordinances that allow it up to 60 miles an hour. Oh, they but, do. Yeah. Shit, that part I didn't, right. I haven't heard. And I, I don't know where those lakes are, but sure. you can, somebody can look it up if you want to look it up somewhere. Do, <laughs> but, do they post that on the lake too or no? I don't think so. Okay. No, so I've never seen it. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to know. Okay. It's not a, um, I've never seen it posted on, on the lake. Sure. So, so, but 50 miles an hour, even, even on a lake, it's 50. Um, and then, uh, there are places uh, that are slower than that, or, or less speed limit. You go north, like Voyagers National Park, speed limits I think forty or forty-five okay. um, in this lake. And then, uh, if you're in town or alongside of a road that has a speed limit posted, say it's thirty miles an hour or forty-five, then the speed limit for the snowmobile is thirty or forty, thirty miles an hour or forty-five, whatever the posted speed limit is. Or if a town has an ordinance, you know, like uh, Monticello's ordinance, I believe is like 15 miles an hour. So, sure. you know, that's the speed limit in, in town. You know, it's not 30, like the cars are next to you. Right. Because they just want them to go slower. They're quieter. It's safer. You know, it's, they just, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's hard for some of the newer sleds to drive that 15 miles an hour, but you're not out on a trail in town to have fun. You're in that trail to get out of town. So you can yeah, just fun. to get through. So, yeah. yeah. So don't, don't snowmobile in town at 15 miles an hour thinking that's going to be fun. <laughs> right. I- get, get out where you can. Speaking of riding in town, I yeah. got busted when I was like 16. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was riding in town. Um, I was actually, I wound up right on the, bol- or what was it? Yeah, I was riding right on the boulevard between the sidewalk and the road. Okay. This was back in my day. It was the high school. It's the middle school now in town. But I was riding, I, I believe it's Walnut Street, whatever. But I was riding right on that boulevard. Everything was going good. I came to a spot where there's close to an intersection, there's a sign. Well, now I got to take, either I got to take the sidewalk or I got to take the road. Yeah. I was like, what was I, 15, I think? And I was, and it just so happened to be a cop driving of down course. the road. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I seen the cop, so I'm like, oh, crap, I better stay off the road. So I went on the sidewalk. Yeah. As soon as my skis hit that sidewalk, woo, we got <laughs> blue lights going. And, he yeah, that's, that's a no-no. So, yeah, yeah stupid me, I should have taken the road. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, so, at least you were thinking just wrong decision. But yeah, yeah, I thought, I, you know, I was, my, my logic was, you know, he doesn't want a snowmobile on the road. Right. But yet, no, you can't ride down the sidewalk on a snowmobile apparently. So right. that was yeah. a wrong move. Yeah. But. Yeah, like in Monticello, if there's curb and gutter, you know, this is just our little town. Every town's got their own ordinances. But if it's curb and gutter and on the city street, you have to ride on the street. Unless you have permission from that landowner, you know, you don't, there is no right of way. 
in the city limits on a city street. Um, the right of way is when like you're out on the road somewhere in, in the country, there's usually like a, an easement for the county, 33 feet wide or 66 feet that you can ride from the center line. And that's where snowmobiles are allowed to ride. Mm-hmm. In town, that doesn't exist. If it's curb and gutter, you can't ride in people's yards. So, right. And uh, we don't have, we don't, there aren't many trails in Monticello that you can ride in people's yards. We, yeah. It's quite a bit of tar when you, if you're going through town, there's like five or six blocks. It's terrible. So, yeah. I tell people if they want to call me, I'll trail you across the bridge. <laughs> I'll, I'll come get you because it's not, it's really not a pleasant, pleasant ride. Yeah, so. I've ridden through town and I've ridden across that bridge across the, on, you know, 25 bridge across the, right. the river. Yeah. And it's not, and across the freeway too. And yeah, right. none of that is fun in town. So, right. Well, yeah, that, it's made for just passing through. Yeah. That, that bridge in Monticello, um, super pivotal for, for the state on the state, state trail system because that was the only crossing of the Mississippi. Okay. For the central part of the state for, uh, like, it used to be able to cross by Elk, Elk River yep. and down by Otsego, and then we lost that. That, that trail got, got taken away, or and it ended. And then uh, Monticello had that crossing on 25. The next crossing, I believe, was Royalton. That, really? That was the next crossing. So, But, like, three years ago, they built a new bridge in Clearwater. Yeah. Phenomenal crossing. So you can cross there now. Yeah, you can okay. cross there now. It's, like, 15 feet wide. It's beautiful. We can drive the groomer across it. And, and, and the, really? Yeah, we, we we groom that trail, and they, they leave the snow on it. Thanks, thanks to the state for doing it. It's not really a walking path because there's nothing out there for right now. But yeah, as it grows, it might it might change. For right now, it's a great place to cross. Sure, go up there and cross. And Sherburne County has some great trails. So oh yeah, uh, but that's that's super pivotal for the state because your next crossing, if you want to miss that one and go go north, you're gonna go all the way up around St. Cloud. You can go about 60, 60 miles, 70 miles to the next crossing. You're better right. off trailering. <laughs> right. Yep. That's Just a lot easier that way. Yep. Get across the river and then go ride. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But that's, that's how our trails are. <laughs> so um, you and I met basically because I joined what's called the Monticello Trailblazer Snowbill Club. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to talk about that club a little bit more. I don't think enough people, the general public, I don't think they know enough about these clubs and what they do. So I have I have a few questions for the for you to um, answer about the club. First of all, um, just kind of a to lead lead people down to draw the, the picture here. How involved are you in that Monticello Trailblazers Club? Okay. Yeah. The or what what have your roles been in that club? I guess you've been in there. Sure. How many years have you been in there? Uh. The, the actual club, there, there's been a club in Monticello since 1997. So okay. um, trails were maintained before then, but uh, there was no organized club. So, sure. Um, I moved to Monticello in 94. It's when my, my wife and I moved here. And uh, a friend of mine at work, you know, he, he just maintained the trails. He was just by himself. He just went around. Really? And, yeah. One, one guy. It was unbelievable. Did he have his own equipment or something, or was he getting um, equipment from the county? Uh, get equipment from the county. He didn't groom the trails. He, okay, but but he he just set up the the blazers. Oh, sure. Talked to the landowners, set up all all the blazers to to make sure and groom you know and uh, trim trees and things like that. Yeah, and uh, it was a it was a lot of countryside then. You know, we, I mean, right now the trail. I mean, back then it's a Walmart. Now we went. You know, where, where Walmart oh, is. Oh, yeah, went we along that, right through that uh, yeah. power line, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it went right through town, you know, where town is now. It sure. Was, and now you can't even come close. We're two miles out or whatever. But uh, so, the uh, but 
I knew him from work. And so I knew him at work. And he's like, oh, you're going out. And I'm I'm actively involved in snowmobiling. I, I just want to help. Mm-hmm. So he, he and I would set up snowmobile trails. So we did that for for three years, you know, and I'm like, we need a club, you know, why don't we have a club in Monticello? So it's like, we need to start a club. And, uh, and then, so I thought, I'm just gonna put out a feeler in the newspaper. Anybody interested in starting a club, you know, and, uh, three people, three people re- responded that they wanted to start a club. And I went, huh? well, if three people respond, you know, if I can get three people, I can, we can start a club. Right. And then figure out what to do with that. There, there's more people that want to. They're just not willing to say, yeah, I want to be involved. You and know, those, so. those three people are way better than just the one guy trying to do it all on Correct. the phone. Right. Yep. And it, it's networking. It's local. You know, it's so then. Uh, so we started a club. At, excuse me about uh, started a club at that time. And I think we had maybe six, six families, five, four, three to six families, you know, and and the. Uh, and uh, yep. And so. Two of those, two of those folks are still in the club. I'm, I'm one of them, and then uh, the other, the other fellow is still actively involved. He's 70 years old now. Him okay. and I were setting up a trail just yesterday. You know, yes, you know, Saturday. Sure. Yeah, we were setting up a trail. Oh no, fr- Friday. He went pheasant hunting Saturday. Yeah. yeah, we should have him talk about pheasant hunting sometime on your outdoor show. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Was that, but, uh, uh, was that Marty? Yeah, that's Marty. All yeah. Right. You yeah. Bet. Yeah. Marty's a good guy. You bet. So uh, yeah, I when I asked that question, I didn't realize that I was interviewing the, the, the parent of yeah. the, the snowball club here in town oh, yeah. that's awesome um so you've had many roles in that club that i'm assuming right sure yep yeah we started out you know we started out with uh just somebody's got to be president and or, or secretary treasurer vice president things like that so yeah um i believe i don't know maybe i've had a year off since then i think maybe, maybe a year or two off but i've always held i've always an officer position the whole time sure I, just, I, I still enjoy it i like doing it so yeah I'm, I'm currently the treasurer okay so i'm trying to get other people involved because i it's not a it's not a dictatorship you know no not my club and, yeah and uh i know that that's important that that new people have roots and they, they own it and they they enjoy it so and I've got some great people that just love the club, and they're having a good good time. And, and that's I, awesome. I can just be around. I, I just want to be around to help help them carry that that on. And people still want to ride these trails. You know, it, right. it's getting harder because we're getting more populated. But uh, yeah, so I've been president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. You know, just uh, okay. Yeah, for a while with the county, I was trail administrator for the county for eleven years. So that was uh, like a, a just a higher position type of thing in, in the county so you know coordinate 13 clubs 270 miles of trail in, sure. in our county and um you know the sheriff when the sheriff has problems with people they, they'd call that trail administrator person and then i i try to figure out how to help that, that landowner or help help the situation so okay but yeah i know the the i i think i spent what about two years on that club and i loved it i had i had a lot of fun with it good um i just had to leave the club because I, I had too many irons in the fire and my kids were at the point where, you know, Wyatt started wrestling and things like that. Yes, and he so, did, yeah. It's like, oh, man, I th- I remember telling you guys, I, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. And But yeah. I tell you what, it, it was it was good to – it felt good to give back and and uh, be that part – that side of a sport that I love to do, you know, the helping out. And, you know, I, I did some grooming and trail setups with you guys, and it was, it was a blast. But um, – for people that don't know, what exactly does the Snowbill Club do for the sport? Like, 
All right, so we we do you know trail setup and the trail teardown. Um, what else? What else you guys got going on that you guys do um, to help the general public have these great trails to ride on? Um, well, it's uh, it we we meet you know the snowmobile club meets um, every month of the year except maybe two or three two months in the middle of summer. Okay, uh, so we we do have something to talk about most of the time on, on what's going on. So um, let's just start with now, like September. We, September, wait, well, now it's December. I you know we don't want to use dates, but yep. um, um, in Minnesota, the trails open every year, so it doesn't matter when we broadcast, the 1st of December. That, 1st of December, 1st okay. of December, they open. The 1st of April, they close Okay. Of every, every year. So we have a window. You know, we have the window of from August, September, October, and November, to set up trail, which is set up trail is put signposts in the ground, blazers in the ground, uh, remove trees, obstacles, rocks, things that are on the trail that have tires. You know, I've, I've taken tires off the trail this year. We've been a lot of construction happening around Monticello. And um, we do about 25 miles of trail, just our little club. Okay, so the club takes care of 25 miles of the – how many trails – or how many miles again in the county? Right. The Wright County has – 270 about okay. 265 or 270. And you guys are doing so. about 25 miles yep. of that. Okay. Yeah, we do about that. So, sure. Yeah. So we handle around Monticello towards Maple Lake, Buffalo, and then up to Clearwater. And okay. That's our, that's our general area. Kind of the so. northwestern corner of the county in Correct. a way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So signs in the ground, landowners, and we, uh, we don't ride on private land without permission from a landowner. So we maintain that rapport and try to help landowners with questions that they have and get their um, permission to ride. Excuse me. And then, uh, so we just finished that up last week. Okay. Um, on Friday, we finished up a reroute in Monticello, um, a pretty major re- reroute because of construction on a certain road and a big roundabout that they put in that just oh, sure. destroyed yeah. the snowmobile trail. Yep. So, but that all happens, and that's what we have to deal, deal with as a club. That's what we want that's and you, you guys do. don't really know about that kind of construction coming up until it actually happens. It's not like they're going to reach out to you and say, hey, we're going to demolish your snowmobile trail. You guys got to find a new route. Well, that happens sometimes. It does. Right? In this in this case, they they reached out They reached out to the whole community. They actually okay. sent out an email. I don't know. Is it site-wide or not site-wide, but a com- like, like city-wide email. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our club members got, picture, got wind of that. And then we're also in, we're in good, we, we communicate with the county, the county parks department. Yeah. And they, uh, and they, they in good communication with us and uh, very helpful, very great organization, right? County parks. And uh, they told us that this was coming. So we worked with the, with the planners on, on the trail and uh, tried, tried really hard to get a, a designated snowmobile area along the side. And it, it, it worked okay, but it didn't work out as good as we had, had planned. So mm-hmm. the road moved just a little bit and things, they have to change things sometimes on in, in their plans. So, okay. and, uh, it took up a little bit of our snowmobile trail, but so we had, now we did a, a reroute, um, with, with that and the city was super and private landowners were very, very cooperative, uh, very cooperative. I mean, I think we had five parcels that we had to cross on that sure. route just in town. And, uh, that was phenomenal. What so a great community support. Is that, that getting the trail more now off of the main road or off the roads and, kind of out in a, it, the boon, not the boonies, but right. you know, away from like traffic and things like yes. that. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yeah. It moved it off the traffic and uh, 
and actually, I mean, I was just out setting it up, like say Friday, finishing it up before this last snowfall. And, uh, it's, it's a beautiful trail in the woods in town in Monticello. Really? It's like in the woods, it's got hills, it's got turns, it's got trees. It's beautiful. So you guys like, scoped out a pretty sweet place oh, yeah. to change the trail yeah, to. Yeah, right up on Monte Club Hill. Right oh, it's up there. Oh, sure. Right behind the Monte Club Hill and right behind the Resurrection Church and the, the Methodist Church. is like unbelievable. What cooperation was. I'm just so thankful. I know. Yeah, and now I can't now, wait to get up there and ride right. that. And uh, the, the situation now is we need to make sure we try to control snowmobilers to respect that. What what just happened? Keep people on the designated yeah, trail. We tried to and... extra sign it. Actually, we we had a lot of extra signs. It looks a little bit orange. You know, it looks yeah. a lot of orange. But yep. in this case, we need to we need to put out that that effort. To well, and respect. that's that's the thing too. You guys put in the effort to get that land. Right. The last thing you need to do now is tick off the owners right. because they can shut that down anytime they want. Yeah. Right. And they have that. We have to give them that 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 right. It's a privilege for us to ride there. We don't have the right. Yeah. To drive there, it's total privilege and. uh we don't compensate them. We're not allowed to. Uh, the state the state actually has a landowner liability law that takes all the liability for that for those landowners. Whenever the landowner will will provide public use of their land for snowmobile trail for no compensation, the state takes the liability, and that's the only reason that this can exist. They they wrote that back in the '90s because uh, they they the state realized the importance of private landowners. You know, it's sure. Yeah, yeah. We have a we have a landowners dinner. The county has a landowner's dinner every year to appreciate the landowners. And we get four, 500 landowners show up for that from Wright County, not just Monticello, but from Wright, Wright County. It's a big event. Yeah. And that's, and that's all we do. We don't, we can't pay them for their land. We just give them a meal. We give sure. them pork chops, you know, give them some stuff to drink and, you know, brownies and stuff like that, potatoes. And it's, it's, and people show up for it. I mean, it's, yep. a, it's a big deal. That's the compensation that, that we try to say thank you. Well, especially if you get out in the country, things like that. You, you have these landowners, you know, some of them might be farmers and stuff like sure. that. Yeah, if you say, hey, we're going to have some pork chops and some some cocktails possibly, right. you're probably going to get a pretty good draw. Yeah. yeah. That's good. What I just hope now that they, they feel appreciated. and uh, I hope you know, so too. Yeah. Because yeah. they are. You know, right. The main thing is if they actually feel it, but they actually are appreciated. But it's it depends on how people feel. and, yep. and um, Or if they have an issue. Um, another thing the club does when an issue does come up and it does, it will, um, we got to get on it. The, the club, the club has to respond and, uh, let those people know that, that we're, there's an organized group of snowmobiling. There's also renegades and an unorganized group of snowmobiling, right? I mean, that's yeah. just how, how it is. It's, um, say, I mean, there's, there's hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of snowmobilers in Monticello. I have 42 families in my club, right? I know there's hundreds, right? I know the state has tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Oh, yeah. You know? So, yeah. you know, it's so, uh, yeah, we need to just make sure that we are trying to uh, accommodate and uh, a few people get out there and we want to make sure to re- just re- respect and, yep. uh, and and teach teach that. So that's part of our snowmobile safety class. Sure. The club does snowmobile safety. They do. Okay, yep. And, Addy uh, was just at that up yes. in, uh, you guys held that at uh, Bristol's. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, it used Mies. to be Bristol. Yeah, it used to be Mies Bristol. Equipment. Yep, sure. yep. Mies Equipment, St. Cloud. So Mies, okay. Mies Outland. So. so that's another thing that the club does for the community is hosting the uh, snowmobile tr- training. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, youth youth snowmobile safety class. So between 11 and 15-year-old um, youth are allowed to take that class. And so we were able to do that again th- this year, which was great, great yeah. to do that. So we had 40, 
44 kids go go through it so that was that was good that's, that's the biggest that's a good we've turn ever on. done yeah that's the biggest we've ever done sure so yeah and yeah uh, and i remember doing that back as a kid you know yeah. i did it out on buffalo lake that's yeah. where they had the course but yeah. uh yeah, you, know, you mentioned how we're we're in Monticello. We're just you know thirty miles west of the cities. You get all these people trailering out this way. That has to be hard too to get these people to um, respect the landowner's land as they're riding because um, you bring people out from out of the area. What do they care if it gets shut down? They'll go to somewhere else. Right. But if you like yeah, this area, could you know respect what you're where you're riding. And that's what I love about the the Wright County area too. Riding is there's a lot of I don't, I don't want to be in the ditches all day long. You know, even if it's a groomed trail in the ditch, I really don't want to be there. I'd rather be out in the the woods, um, cutting across fields, and all that kind of stuff because it's it's a lot better riding. I feel like I'm more up north, right? Instead of I'm I'm you know sitting next to the roads all the time. Because um, one of the things I did notice uh, a few weeks ago, we were moving a deer stand and we come across this road. We're out by Maple Lake and here comes the, the groomer. I, I recognize the groomer. I'm like, hey, I used to drive that thing around. Yeah. But then I seen a different piece of equipment on the back of that groomer other than the actual groomer itself. Because you guys groom with basically a, a four-wheel drive Kubota tractor with tracks on it. Um, can you explain the machine that you guys had on the back that day when Marty was out um, running on the trails? Great. Yeah, on the on that that specific day, because it's we're we're still preparing the trails. We aren't actually grooming trails yet. So uh, plowed fields, we got a lot of chisel plow, a lot of mold mold bore plowing, and it gets pretty uh, pretty rough. Yeah, and uh, it's you get nice big bumps, and it, it's good to chisel chisel the land. But um, when the groomer goes across that in the winter time, it's just rocks. You know, it's just frozen hard ground. So we've uh, what we take is a, a piece of equipment and. Uh, it drags just the where, where just where the trail is. We make it a little flatter, knock the tops off, and then it's got a little roller on the back that kind of levels it out, so it's not quite as uh, harsh on the okay. on the grooming equipment and the snowmobiles. Works yep. really good. Keeps the sleds on the trail because right. you get off the trail, you start bouncing. You go, hey, I want to get back on the trail in, in the plowed field, and then uh, but it helps with that with the grooming equipment because we take our axles, axles, the front axles really catch heck. When you're pounding across those fields, yeah, it's not just hard on the every, equipment. Every foot, you're just bouncing, bouncing, sure. bouncing, and the guy sitting inside's bouncing and bouncing, and so yeah. Yep. So we get out while it's still soft. You know, right now the frost isn't in the ground yet, and uh, but it, it it's coming. I mean, what t- tonight? Right, uh, single digits tonight. Yeah, and we're supposed to get this wind chill and wind chill. And, yeah, it's the be highest crazy. tomorrow. Single digits. Yes. Yeah, that, that's cold. That sounds yeah. like snowball weather. Yeah, it sounds but... like snowball, but not quite yet. But no, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. So we finally got our our first little full coating of snow around here yeah. in, in the, the the west metro so right. perfect timing to talk snowmobiling on a podcast i guess sure so cool and then, i don't know what else you want to talk about i guess we, we groom in the in the winter keep the trails right. groomed smooth because we tear them up on snowmobiles and then uh that's a big 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 push so there really is no like um set amount of times or, or how frequently you guys go out and groom you basically just uh, w- what triggers a groomer to go out is it more or less um today is the day where we you know we got some snow a couple of days ago they pounded the crap out of the trails mm-hmm. now they're rough what how do you guys um determine when that groomer is going to go out we're going to take a break yep we'll break right here <laughs> all right potty break is over so dane um 
on the Snowbill Club, what exactly is the name of the club? I think we did mention it, but I want I want the listeners to know what your guys' club name is. You betcha. Um, the you called the Monticello Trail Blazers Snowmobile Club. Pretty, okay, pretty basic, just we, like that. Yeah, it's uh, no fancy names. We just sure. couldn't think of a name. Back in the day when we first started, that's kind of the generic name. They just call every club the Trailblazers, and then you can invent your name. But we're okay with it, so, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What uh, What's your guys's? Um, you have social media contacts, um, even like uh, internet. Or, I'm sorry, uh, we do have internet. Yeah. We do. Wow. <laughs> um, like cool. what's your guys' website? I I want to you know, um, how do people get a hold of you guys? Sure. Or that's... find you out on the social media. Right. We do have a couple social media venues. Uh, um, we have a website, uh, so montysnow.com. Um, that'd be Monty, M-O-N-T-I-S-N-O-W.com. And uh, we have one of our club members maintains that site, and it's got pictures on it, talks about us. You can see what's going on there. And then uh, we have a Facebook account. Um, I don't do Facebook myself, but my wife and one of the other club members, um, they kind of maintain that. So I don't know how to find it, but I'm sure it's Monticello Trailblazer Snowbook Club Facebook or something sure. like that. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, that's a, that's a good question. I should have a better answer than that, but no, it, that's it's fine. out I, there. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I'm, a, I think I um, follow it, but I can't remember if I do or not, but right. I will be sure. if I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but I believe, yeah, you can just search for the Monticello Snowbill Club or Trailblazers on, on Facebook. Yeah. So, um, and then, do you guys, you, you said before that you have like set nights that you guys do meetings. When when are your meetings? Where are they? And can anybody just walk in and, and say, hey, I'm Joe Blow. I want to listen to what you guys are doing and maybe I'll join. That's that's a great valid question. We 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 meet uh, monthly is, is the goal. And uh, every first Tuesday of the month is when, when we meet. Um, we've just selected that day because... That works out best, and, and it's always the same. So, we we try to meet at uh, establishments that support snowmobiling, and uh, like on our map, things like that. So we currently meet at uh, in Monticello at a ta- at a food restaurant called Bluestone Grill, and uh, they serve up stuff like uh, burritos and uh, just it's delicious. Oh, and I love you that place. Yeah, Bluestone's awesome. Yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. No. So, and. Uh, but they have beer too, you know, the beer and pop, the food, food for the kids, chicken strips, what, whatever. People bring their kids. They set aside a room for us, and uh, they let us meet in there and take it over, close, close the door off, and people still sitting there and eat. We just let them know we're gonna have some club meeting, and yeah, they, they don't bother us. We don't bother them. It's it's okay. And uh, but we'll be meeting there. Um, usually we meet at six o'clock. Well, the the club will meet at seven p.m. and. Um, People show up around six, start ordering food, and sit sit in a room and sure. visit before the meeting. And uh, so basically, so the, the second Tuesday of every month, right? First, first Tuesday, first Tuesday, first Tuesday yep. every month. Uh, meet around six, start talking about seven o'clock at uh, Bluestone in yep. Monticello. Yep, Bluestone currently, and then it takes an hour. We hour. If okay. it goes more than an hour, we need to we need to start ending it. <laughs> so yeah, because we got to <laughs> get people home. It's a work night, school night, all that stuff. So it's a uh, yeah. Um, we want to respect people's time. So Okay. And uh, so we'll be meeting, yep, on uh, on those Tuesdays. So and anybody could walk in and just say, oh, hey, yes. I just want to yep, check this in. out. It's a, this is a public invite. Anybody wants to come or or if, yeah, we're we're open. 
we're open to all. So and anybody who want, wants to come, we've had, we've met at other places in town and we we're open to that also. We're open to meeting at any place that, uh, that will, that can accommodate, you know, a group of people, uh, club, the, the meeting size is usually between anywhere between seven to 20 people, you know, probably 12 is an average number, uh, is a, is a, is a good meet, meeting. So we, we don't have big, we don't, it's not a big, a, a big hoopla. So nice. it's, it's really nice. I, I like it. Cause I can just, I can keep track of people's names and I, and I need it makes to, it easy that I way. need to do that. Cause that's the personal touch that, right. I, that, that our club members deserve that to, to try to remember people's names. So, yeah. And, uh, and then I, and we want to stay approachable to all the club members too. That way right. that if they got issues and I need them all, I, I, I need them or our, our whole club needs everybody. It's yeah, because it's the viewpoints that they bring, and the friends that they know, and the contacts that they have, and uh, and just this, another set of eyes, a, a viewpoint. Even kids' view, viewpoints, they see things different than us adults. And oh, uh, absolutely, we, we yeah. need that. And and I'm open to it all. It's I, I've learned that just to be open. So, well, the one thing I did I did like about you know going to the meetings with the club is you have a group of people. Sometimes just a group of guys, but you get you know people of all walks. You get some, you know, sometimes your wives show up or you just have just, you know, whatever. But it's the fact that everybody has that same common interest. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got people from all, like I said, all walks of life, but yeah. they come here to this yeah. one spot and everybody there loves loves the sport of snowmobiling. And, and they like I said, they have different viewpoints. They're bringing yeah. different things to the table. Right. You're only gonna get better if you have all these different opinions coming to the table and absolutely and take care of it. Yeah. So yeah. awesome, yeah. If if anyone wants to stop up there, I strongly suggest it. Oh, um, yeah. To become a member, is there there are fees, dues, anything like that that go along with it? Yeah, uh, we do have dues. Oh, the Montsell Trailblazers is a, a member club of the state association from Minnesota. That state association is called Minnesota Snowmobiling Association. Minnesota United, so M- MNUSA is what it's called, Minnesota United Snowblazers Association. And uh, we're, so we, when you pay dues to our club, to Monticello, um, our, our annual dues currently are $35. So $15 stays with the club, with the Monticello Trailblazers. $20 then is forwarded to the state association. The state association does all the work for us. They, they, they lobby the legislature. They work with the law, the laws. They work with the DNR, and uh, they're a voice. They're they are our voice with the big boys in town because they ain't gonna listen to little clubs around the state. So all these clubs, there's like 400 plus clubs in the state of Minnesota. We, we they all are in Min USA, and uh, that's our voice. So that's why the club supports the, the state association. So each each club member then has has dues. So you, you pay annual dues once a year, $35. And uh, so if you come this week, or if you come next week or next month, whenever you come, we'll just get you on, on, on the list and then send that send that in. So um, then uh, I'm trying to think. That's uh, that's about all. That's about okay. it for that. And, and anybody can do it. If you're a member, uh, a scenario would be, I said a jo- guy joined two weeks ago. He's a member of a club in close to us called St. Michael, the St. Michael Foxtailers. He joined them. So he joined Min USA through that, through that club. So he doesn't want to join Min USA, the state association through our club also. Cause then you're just double, paying. double dipping, yeah. right, double dipping. So 
our our fee is only fifteen dollars then. He pays fifteen dollars to be a member of the Monticello Club. And then I write on the paperwork when I send it into the state, he's already a member of another club. And and then they they, they keep track of that. They they know all that about him. Okay, so. so you can be a member of multiple clubs. Yes. Just you're probably just gonna end up paying the dues just for that club itself, not the correct the yep. the state. Yeah. Cool. All and right. We have I think we've got three three club members that, that do that. They pay they pay men USA state state dues through another club. Okay. So, yeah, you would think it'd be good enough just to join one club, and these guys are doing two clubs. That's that's right. awesome. Oh yeah, some two or three clubs. I, it's yeah, surprising. I'm yeah, it is awesome. That's sure because they they snowmobile up north. Say they're in Virginia. They, they're a club member in Virginia, or they're a club member in you know, or they're a club member down south or something like that. It's not even. They might have cabin up north, you know, and like up by Hackensack or Pump. Park Rapids or something. And yeah. So. Well, they're really doing their part, though. Right. Yeah. A little, That's extra. Good. Yeah, doing a little extra. So. Huh. All right. Uh, well, so if anyone wants to just learn about it or you know right. the clubs and what they do and. Yep. And there's, uh, there's a membership form on that montysnow.com. There's a membership. There's you can go to forums or something like that in there, and and you can pull up a membership form. My my phone number's on there. You can call me anytime. You know it's, and uh, all, all our officers' numbers are on there. You can call them personally, and you'll get. You'll, you'll get a hold of somebody. Okay, so they'll find yeah. the, the contact information on yeah. the website. You bet. Okay. Yeah. Well, sounds good, Dane. Um, really appreciate you coming on tonight. I think we're, uh, we got uh, some things going where we're going to have a few more of these Snowbill podcasts. These are yeah. these are kind of fun because now I get to talk more about, you know, the stuff that I'm more passionate about, I guess, um, other than hunting, fishing, and everything yeah. else that we do. All the fun stuff. Yeah. Just getting outside. Yes, that's the biggest thing you know it's always kind of been our deal on this podcast so um with that we'll wrap it up um for us at border outdoors thanks for listening i am tim i am dane have a good night good night thanks for listening to the border outdoors podcast follow us on instagram and be sure to join follow and share the border outdoors facebook community page also leave us a five-star rating and review on spotify apple or whatever podcast hosting site you listen to Tune in next week, see what we're talking about, and make sure to get out there and make your own memories. Hunting and fishing, singing and kissing, here we come. So grab your guns, grab your lines, and here we come.